Hello, and welcome to Pop Life, a podcast about the history and trends in popular music, where you'll hear the stories behind the music and why the hits became the hits. I'm Scott Prescott. And I'm Eric Songer. In this episode, we discuss a song that back in 1985, we had no idea we'd still be talking about 37 years later. But it's impossible to ignore it. It's on one of television's most popular shows, getting plays on the radio hundreds of times a week and being streamed tens of thousands of times a week. Given that it was not even close to placing as one of the top 100 songs in 1985 when it was originally released, it's quite a shock. We'll talk about the song's improbable rise to relevance in 2022 and the journey the song took, as well as its singer and whatever else might come up along the way. So let's dive in. Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. Kate Bush was born in England back in 1958 and signed her first record contract after Pink Floyd's David Gilmore helped her with a demo. And she scored a number one hit in the UK in 1978 with a song called Weathering Heights. became the youngest woman in the UK to hit number one with a self-written hit. Not much U.S. success. However, Running Up That Hill was a number 30 U.S. hit in 1985 and her only U.S. top 40 hit. We're big Genesis fans, so you know, as I, well as I do, that she sang with Peter Gabriel. Yeah, the tune Don't Give Up don't, was, was really, in my opinion, one of the minor songs on that record. But that's the, that's the tune and that's the record that really introduced me to Kate Bush because I was not really familiar with much of her work up until that point. I am a man whose dreams have all deserted I've changed my face, I've changed my name And that was on the album So, which had Sledgehammer and Big Time, correct? Yeah. I loved how that album opened with Red Rain, just the hi-hat. That was one of my favorite parts about that record was the hi-hat coming in. But, but anyway, I digress. Yeah, and I'll just throw one other thing I think of interest is that uh, even though it wasn't as big of a hit at the time, uh, probably Peter Gabriel's most streamed song today is In Your Eyes, which was also from that album. In your eyes, the light, the heat. Oh yeah, that, that hit on a movie at some point, right? I remember the guy holding the boombox above his head. It, it sure movie. What movie was that? Oh, we're going to have to look that one up. It, okay. it came out, I feel like that song had a second life, like three years later, like in the late 80s. Yeah. Because it was in the movie. Yeah, I can't remember who that actor was, but I remember he was like in a long trench coat or something like that. But anyway... <laughs> 
So let's let's sink in Stranger Things. And I got to say something, Eric. At this point, I didn't really know that this whole term "sink" was like a thing. Like it, it means a specific thing. Did you know this, or did you have to look this one up? No, totally. I didn't know there was a term for it either. I mean, obviously, we've had uh, songs appear in TV shows and in movies, but. I didn't know how important it was today. Like I, I did some research on it, and it said in today's uh, age, it's one of the most common ways to uh, to bring somebody into popularity. Whether it's somebody like Kate Bush, who's been kind of out of the scene for quite some time, or somebody brand new, and like record labels and agents of these artists actively seek these things out. It's it's in some cases uh, almost full time jobs or a big portion of their jobs, and even on the TV side, TV producers have people that search for songs, uh, again, whether it's older songs like this or it's something that's more current. And I was, I was reading about the, the team that actually worked on, or was working on Stranger Things, looking for a song for this particular thing, and they, they, they were apparently, you know, a little unsure that if they reached out to Kate Bush about this, about this tune that she would be willing to say yes to let them use the, use the song, but it turns out she was a a really big fan of the show is a really big fan of the show and was ready for the next season to come out when she, <laughs> when they reached out to her. So I thought that was, that was kind of neat that she's as a fan. And I think uh, before this, for me personally, and everyone's going to feel different there, there's two sinks that really uh, resonate with me in my lifetime uh, other than this one. And that was way back. And I think it was 1987 or 86 uh, Billy Vera and the Beaters had the song At This Moment used in the show Family Ties. Do you remember that one, Scott? Absolutely, yeah. That <laughs> was a great show. Yeah. Michael yeah. Fox's character was uh, was falling in love with this girl, and that was the song that they played as he was uh, you know, going through all those feelings, and that brought that song uh, actually all the way to number one in early 87. What did you think? I would do at this moment when you're standing before me with tears in your so, eyes. So I wasn't I wasn't familiar with the Don't Stop Believing thing because I was not that, that Sopranos was the place for it because that was not a show that I ever watched and so I didn't know that that tune came back as part of that show. Can you describe what how that scene went down or how that all worked out? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about the history of, uh, you know, Don't Stop Believin' was, you know, a fairly major hit in the early 80s, 1981, I believe. I think it went to number nine. And then uh, it definitely was not Journey's highest charting hit at the time, but uh, it really had a a renaissance in the the mid-2000s. I think it actually started with the Chicago White Sox, used it as their, like, theme song when they went to the World Series. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, And then I believe what happened was uh, the... The uh, producers of The Sopranos in 2007, I think, reached out to uh, the guys from Journey and said, hey, we want to use this song. And they were like, sure, we're big fans of the show, a lot like what you said with Kate Bush. And uh, they put it in the the very, very last episode of the, the series. I, I'm not a, uh, a huge watcher of The Sopranos. I, I saw many episodes, but I haven't seen like every single one. But I did watch that episode, and it's it's pretty dramatic. So when that came back, uh, 
it, it kind of gave Don't Stop Believing the life it still has 15 years later, where it's definitely Journey's most recognizable hit now. And, and you always wonder when something like that happens, like because there are people that heard those songs at this moment, Don't Stop Believing, and didn't know them the first time around. And so it, it's new to them. And some people, some you know, listeners might think, hey, I've never heard this song. Is this song brand new? And I just wonder how many folks, when they heard Running Up That Hill in, um, in Stranger Things, thought, hey, here's a brand new song from a brand new artist. And I think the perspective of that is really, really interesting because we don't always know. And I'm just going to give you a, I'm just going to give you an example from my own life. The first record I ever bought was a Sean Cassidy record. And um, the tune Da Do Ron Ron was on that song, you know, a Phil, yeah. Phil Spector tune. And um, I thought that was a brand new song. And somebody told me that her name was Jill. <laughs> That's how he changed that lyric in the song. And I'm like, well, hey, this is a great song. I've never heard this before. So that was new to me. And yet it was a Motown hit in, you know, whatever year um, in the 60s. Well, I made a run of money and my heart stood still. Do run, 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 do run, run. Somebody told me that I made this joke. Do run, 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 do run, run. Think about running up that hill. And you want to talk about the sound that that tune has now, this many years later? Yeah, I mean, totally. And, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's a great example. And I'm sure you weren't the only one who thought that about that song. But yeah, <laughs> when when you listen to Running Up That Hill and you you hear it like on the radio these days, along with all the other pop top forty hits. Uh, it really sounds like music today in many in many ways. I, I compare it a lot to the song Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Sometimes all I think about is you Late nights in the middle of June Heat waves been faking me out Can't make you happy now and another one it reminds me of is Save Your Tears by The Weeknd, and then also uh, some of the Billie Eilish stuff like Therefore I Am. I'm not your friend or anything, damn. You think that you're the man, I think therefore I am. I'm not your friend. So it's really interesting how a song from 1985 has a kind of a similar groove and production uh, value, I would even say, as, you know, songs from, from this year. So it's it's almost like the, the songs from current songs are reaching back to the, the production qualities or the or the recording qualities of that era because it's a, a unique sound and it's appealing to uh, today's listener, right? It's like it's almost like fashion trends, right? I, I'm looking around uh, and I see people in bell bottom jeans, and you know here are these same these same kind kind of trends that come full circle um, with a new generation, um, for, in this case for their ears. So I think that's interesting. Yes. And you were mentioning that there is a, a cover of, uh, of the uh, Running Up That Hill that was made recently, too. Yes. And I, <laughs> I've totally forgotten what that one was. But, yeah, somebody already has covered it. And I wish that I would, I would need to look that up again because I had forgotten. Kim Petrus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Petrus. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So we should, we should check that one out, too. If only could, I make a
Life songs, you could, I mean, this list could go on and on, right? I mean, here's Come and Get Your Love from Guardians of the Galaxy. I, my son, uh, when he's singing songs from the movie Guardians of the Galaxy that he thinks are brand new and are not at all, I just think it's really, it's really fun for me to hear that. And then Wayne's World, of course, from 1992, gave Bohemian Rhapsody a whole nother life. I mean, I don't know, you probably know what, what type of a hit that tune was when it came out or was not when it came out. Um, and then how it, you know, really blew up when Wayne's World came out. Oh, mamma mia, mamma mia. Mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me. For me, for me. I'm, I'm of that era that I'm kind of like you with the Do Run Run, where I knew Bohemian Rhapsody existed, but when Wayne's World came out, I think in 1992, uh, that that song soared up the charts and was on the radio all over the place. And for me, it'll always be associated with that movie rather than its first release back in the mid 70s. And it's the head it's the head banging scene in the couple. Everybody, that comes to everybody's mind when they think about that tune. I don't know. That's what comes to my mind when I think about that tune. So, yes. Party time. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to say one more thing about Stranger Things is how it, it re- uh, recently also made other songs, uh, brought other songs to Second Life, but especially right after Running Up That Hill, uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets. Uh, also became a top 40 hit, which is just crazy that Metallica was in the top 40, you know, just a couple months ago. That is weird. And was a number one song on the rock chart for several weeks, too, so. Wow. kids wearing Metallica shirts and you know it's kind of a thing of the day right hey name me name me a Metallica song and they're like wait Metallica's a band (laughs) that's that's one of my favorite things to do (laughs) all right one more one more thought on this before we do our our closing bit uh the movie we were trying to think of is Say Anything from 1989 thank you very much Say Anything yep yeah that's the one that had in your eyes in it so um do we want to talk about these other obscure hits from that thing or should we you want to wrap it up today well, yeah, I think we're going to close each of our episodes with a couple little features uh, that are a little bit different topic. And the, the one I'm going to do is the, my obscure hit of the week, uh, or of the episode, I should say. Yeah. And uh, I, I just was listening to this one-hit wonder from 1983 called Curly Shuffle by the Jump in the Saddle Band. Uh, this song was written as a novelty hit in 1983 about the Three Stooges comedy team and it accidentally coincided with the Stooges getting their star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, it was written by a guy named Peter Quinn for his band Jump in the Saddle Band. And it went to number 15 in early 1984 and was their only hit before the band split up. And there's actually a, a Canadian band called the Knuckleheads that covered it uh, and it hit number 29 in Canada that same year. So it's a really funny song, but one that I think deserves mention in our obscure hit of the podcast. We can't sit still, we can't sit down. We don't like to fight and we don't like to scuffle, but we dance all night doing the curly shuffle. Hey mo, hey mo, hey mo, hey mo. Well, uh, yuck, 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 yuck. What is it? 
so they so they the knuckleheads covered it soon after it came out is that what it was yeah right right after that so it coincided their their runs of popularity that's funny i can kind of hear that in my head um so and i'd like to close you know my i got a little segment here that i i have a dad joke book and i'm a big fan of dad jokes and i'm a dad and uh so i wanted to share a couple music dad jokes with you and maybe in the future i won't set them up like this and i'll just tell them and you'll have to think whether or not it's a joke but back in the day um you know when i was younger i got my photo taken with uh rem and when you look at it that's me in the corner (laughs) and then and you know you know eric and i uh we play in this uh, genesis tribute band and uh, my neighbor rang my doorbell at 3 a.m. You know, one morning, and I'm like, "Can you believe that?" And luckily, I was still up playing the drums, so I could answer the the door. We needed the, the drum fill wind uh, shot right there. Oh, yeah. All right. Yes. That's that's all I got today. Oh, you know, let's say one more thing. You know, uh, Coolio Coolio died uh, yesterday at 59. Yes. And, um, I just want to. You can kind of. This is a little di- different topic, maybe for another episode, but you know. His Gangster's Paradise really, you know, was a, was sampled. I, I almost want to say covered, but sampled uh, Stevie Wonder's Pastime Paradise, and I just think that that's a that's another topic for another another podcast is those type of samplings because you know I think of Gangster's Paradise, and that's the tune I knew first before I knew Pastime Paradise, and I think that's really interesting. But I gotta know. They croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke, fool I'm the kind of cheater, little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night Saying prayers in the street light Yeah, yeah, I was a big Coolio fan in the mid-90s And uh, my favorite Coolio song is One, Two, Three, Four, Something New and uh, if you haven't checked out Coolio, check out just some of the great 90s hip-hop songs. Uh, he, he was big in the mid-90s. Yeah, my boys, my boys were sad when they heard the news yesterday. Yeah. Well, well we wrap things up. Uh, great first episode, Scott. I just want to say thank you for everyone for joining us for Pop Life. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Pop Life is hosted and produced by us, Eric Songer and Scott Prescott. And if you're listening to us on Apple Music, please rate it because it helps others find the show. And you can find us uh, on Twitter at Scott L. Prescott and Eric Songer. Join us again next time when Pop Life dives into another interesting discussion. And until then, dance like there's no one watching. Thank you.